the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Thursday, September the 8th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On September 8, 1974, President Gerald Ford granted a full, free, and absolute pardon to former President Richard Nixon, covering his entire term in office. Today in 1504, Michelangelo's towering marble statue of David was unveiled to the public in Florence, Italy. Today in 1565, a Spanish expedition established the first permanent European settlement in North America. It was at present-day St. Augustine, Florida, oldest city in America. Today in 1664, the Dutch surrendered New Amsterdam to the British. The British immediately renamed it New York. Today, in 1943, during World War II, General Dwight D. Eisenhower announced Italy's surrender. Nazi Germany responded, denouncing Italy's decision as a cowardly act. I would probably call it a wise act at that time. Today, in 1951, a peace treaty with Japan was signed by 49 nations in San Francisco. And today, in 1986... The Oprah Winfrey Show began its first of 25 seasons in national syndication. There's much I'd like to say about Oprah Winfrey and her show, how she has confused Christian women, millions of them who follow her, or women who are at least interested in Christianity, how she has woven New Age and all of that into Scripture and Christianity and so on. It's been a disaster, really. And yet she's highly esteemed, highly you know, exalted, among millions of women to this day in America. But boy, she's sure not done the gospel and biblical truth any favors. She has misled in by having people, I don't have time to go into it, but by having people on her show and calling things Christianity that are not Christianity, nor are they biblical. But nonetheless, she is a billionaire as a result of all of that. Queen Elizabeth is under medical supervision this morning. Royal family is traveling to be at her side. She was placed under medical supervision after doctors became concerned for her health. Buckingham Palace announced uh, this morning she's resting comfortably at Balmore Castle in Scotland. The monarch's immediate family members, uh, the news is saying the, the news is starting to pivot toward her. They, they don't think she's going to live very much longer, although she is always full of surprises. Who knows? She may be out riding her horse by tomorrow. But what the um, what the, all of the news feeds say is that it doesn't look good for her. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, of course, are en route to join the royals by the queen's side, uh, the the uh European news is is uh, saying this morning, just oh, just minutes ago, the Queen is being made comfortable. Uh, concerns for her health. BBC has suspended all of their programming 
to focus on coverage of the Queen's health. Prince William is there, along with Andrew, Edward, Sophie Wessex. I'm not sure who she is. Anyway, uh, this afternoon, fears for the monarch's health is growing. Harry and Meghan were due, uh, Meghan were due to uh, have an engagement in London tonight. So on the statement from the um, official statement says following further evaluation this morning, that was this morning in England, the Queen's doctors are concerned <clears throat> for Her Majesty's health and have recommended she remain under medical supervision. The Queen remains comfortable at Balmore. She's been quite a lady. I was impressed with her um, the last few Christmases, particularly maybe for a long time, but the last few years I've noticed when she gives her statement, kind of a, a speech, a Christmas speech, she has been very powerfully communicating uh, the gospel of the, Christ, of the Christmas message. And she has talked about her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and how we worship him and we celebrate his birth and so on. It was very, very strong, So, which suggests to me, I obviously don't know the queen, but... It suggests to me that she sounds like a person who truly does know the Lord personally. I trust that's true, but I, it seems that it is. So that's that's a good thing. But it appears that she they are thinking her life is coming to a conclusion as we speak. You know, there's so many things that are vying for our attention and they're causing us anxiety in this time that we live it's it's amazing. I'm not talking just about the seemingly endless, these news cycles about inflation and disease and natural disasters and global conflict and all of that. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And yet that's what we talk about on this program. But I always try to put it in the context of biblical truth and look at it through the lens of what the Bible teaches us and tells us. And we, many of you, when you support our ministry, you say you appreciate that so much i don't claim to have all of the answers i mean only one person has all of the answers jesus is the answer and he has the answers to everything all the time but we look at things from the best view that we can and we try to break it down on this program but always i am always mindful that unless we understand what's going on in our world around us from a biblical perspective, it can be just overwhelming. And people just run from the news. They don't want to know. I mean, I hear people say that often. Say, I don't want to know what's going on in the world. I'm just, I'm turning it off. I'm getting out. You know, I'm checking out. But man, that's not what God has called us to do. He's called us to be engaged, be salt and light and involved and be a witness with whatever opportunities we have and each of us have different opportunities but he calls us to be faithful to that and you can't be unaware of what's going on in the culture and be faithful much less effective so many of you who support this ministry understand that and you say that in little notes and things that you send and i thank you for that and i thank you for your support I have never seen, I, I, I am over 40, and so many of you mentioned that when you write in your notes that you too are over 40. Honest, I am. <laughs> but, 
But um, I have never seen in my lifetime um, a time quite like this. It's so difficult to get things done. It's difficult in ministry. There's so many challenges. There's so many threats lurking in the shadows. If you say anything, I guess if you just put out a few platitudes and, you know, say God bless you and come back next Sunday, I I guess there wouldn't be perhaps the pressure, the resistance. But if you're saying things in the culture, regardless of who you are, if you're saying things that align with the Bible but does not align with the left, it's tough. I mean, it is it is not a joyride. Christianity, it's not assumed that people, even if they don't claim to be Christians, at least they refer to the good book, the Bible. Oh, well, I'm not living the way I should, but, you know, I know the good book says so-and-so, but I... That has happened in my lifetime. I've seen us go from that to this. We need to be faithful. We need to stand firm. And we need to know who we're we're serving. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, as Joshua said. I want to thank you for standing with me financially and prayerfully as we do this program originating live each morning, except... I'm going to take off next week, so it won't be. It'll be reruns next week, and then I'll be back the following Monday. But it's tough. And I want to thank you for standing with us and your encouragement, your your checks that you send. Um, obviously, we wouldn't even be here without your support because we don't allow any other kind of support. We don't put any ads on our websites, which, you know, is is they're widely read. But I'm not going to go there because we can't then control what they put on there. And I'm not going to do all of this with your support and then put ads on our website that I may not agree with and the Bible may not agree with. I don't think that would be fair to those of you who support us. And I don't think more so it would be pleasing to God. For me, I'm not suggesting that other people do the same. I'm just talking about what we do here. And so you sustain this with your with your financial support, with your checks, and your contributions. Thank you. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. But so many things are vying for our attention. But God doesn't call us to focus on the attention or the mess, the stress, and all of this stuff in the world. He calls us to fix our eyes upon him. And the Bible is clear in so many ways. I I don't have time to read a lot of scripture to you on this subject, but like Psalm 123, verse 1, Unto thee lift I up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. That has been the, the, the cry, the kind of the banner of Christianity from its inception and the Hebrews, far before Christianity, was birthed by the birth and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So that we always, as people of, of God, Old Testament and New, in difficult times, the more difficult they become, the more we should turn our eyes toward the Lord, fix our eyes on heaven. O thou that dwellest in the heavens, the psalmist wrote. 
Remember that little chorus we used to sing? Those of you who grew up in Sunday school, remember Sunday school is a thing. No, I, too many churches don't do that anymore. Have Sunday school or something equivalent to that. It's it's unfortunate, but that's another topic for another day. But remember that little chorus we used to sing in church a long time ago: "Is turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light." of his glory and grace. My wife, Marjorie, and I grew up on that kind of thinking. We grew up in a wonderful church. They believed that. They sang little songs about it. They read the Bible. The sermons were preached about those kinds of things. I am eternally grateful for that. But that's what we need to do in today's world. Turn our eyes on Jesus. But look at what's going on in the world and be engaged in what's happening around us as the heart, the arms, the hands, the feet, the voice of the Lord doing his work. Wednesday, yesterday, Eagle Forum of Alabama revealed that the organization has received a subpoena that demanded all information related to the nonprofit's legislative activities promoting the Alabama Vulnerable Child Compassion and Protection Act turn over to the federal authorities everything they've done since 2017. The Alabama Vulnerable Child Compassion and Protection Act was passed by the state's legislature earlier this year, and it was the subject of criticism by the White House immediately after Governor Kay Ivey, a Republican from Alabama, signed it into law. The law prohibited the prescription of transgender conversion therapies for minors. It stopped the people. This is my version of of a much larger story here. It stopped the people who are hell-bent on abusing our children with this non-stop sexual orientation. You may be a girl, Jimmy, or... Susie, you may be a boy or whatever. I mean, it, it every single day in America. I can't tell you what that does to me as a father and a grandfather and as a minister of the gospel and just as a Christian. It is so offensive to me what they are doing to these children. And day after day, they are marching him through these stupid state-run public classrooms and they're indoctrinating them. And they are obsessed with this. And the teachers in too many of those classrooms, not all, there's Christian teachers. Believe me, I know a lot of them, quite a few of them. But the, many of the teachers in those classrooms are a product of that kind of indoctrination. And they see themselves first and foremost as activists and secondly as teachers. And our whole public education system has taken on that particular patima, that kind of of personality. There's a larger story on this Alabama situation, Eagle Forum. Phyllis Schlafly founded that, the, the late Phyllis Schlafly. I knew her well. I was a good friend, and she and I were good friends. And um, they led this, and it became law, and now they're they're going after them, just to be frank with you. And we'll follow that. But closer to home, 
A U.S. federal appeals court has unanimously upheld Washington State's ban on conversion therapy for children, rejecting a therapist's claim that it undermined his free speech, targeted him because he is a Christian. I don't know this therapist, this person, but he lives in the Tacoma area. <clears throat> the U.S. Uh, the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals and Washington's legislature acted rationally, did not violate the U.S. Constitution's First Amendment by imposing the ban to protect the, quote, physical and psychological well-being of the children, according to this ruling from the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. The court is agreeing with Washington State Attorney General Bob Ferguson and the Democrat-controlled state legislature in Olympia. No Christian counseling is allowed for children needing spiritual help with unwanted attraction to the same sex. I want to take a closer look at that for a few minutes this morning <clears throat> and what it could mean to the future. Washington State enacted a ban in 2018. It subjects, I talked about it on this program, I wrote about it at the time. It subjects licensed health care providers to discipline, including possible fines and license suspensions or revocations for trying to change the sexual orientation or gender identity of people under the age of 18. In other words, if your child, <clears throat> if your child, excuse me, if your child is under 18 and they're having some kind of confusion about gender identity and all of that, sexual orientation and so on, and believe me, the atmosphere is in the public classroom to bring about that kind of confusion. In fact, it is a part of the plan. I've studied it more than I want to. I would like to never even talk about this, but we have to talk about it. It's out there and it's touching millions of kids every day in public education. But it says that any kid under 18, can't, even with parental approval, can't be counseled by a Christian counselor about their unwanted same-sex attraction or thoughts or inclinations or whatever. The fact that more than 20 states is often used as a way of under uh, affirming and underlining this as something that is good and it should happen to all states. But the fact that more than 20 states have also enacted similar bans on Christian counseling doesn't make it right or legal under the Constitution's provision. The Constitution is about religious expression, freedom of religious expression, freedom of speech. Circuit Judge Ronald Gold, he wrote for the three-judge panel, quote, Washington, like other states, has concluded that health care providers should not be able to treat a child by such means as telling him that he is the abomination we heard about in Sunday school. That's a judge mocking Sunday school and the Bible. Gold continued. He says, quote, states do not lose the power to regulate the safety of medical treatments performed under the authority of a state license merely because those treatments are implemented through speech rather than through scalpel. Washington State Attorney Bob Ferguson, Attorney General Bob Ferguson, he welcomed the decision. Of course, he would. He previously defended the state's ban on Christian counseling or conversion therapy, as they call it. Because he said in a statement, this is Bob Ferguson, quote, conversion therapy does not work and cannot and can be particularly harmful to minors. 
Is he suggesting that Christian counseling doesn't work and it can be harmful to minors? He cares about minors being harmed? If they care about minors being harmed, they need to march into the nearest public school and begin to change things. I don't believe that for a moment. They don't really care, in my opinion. Is he saying that biblical teaching doesn't work? If this position stands, what's next? Will Christians soon be told we cannot tell sinners that accepting Jesus Christ as Savior forgives our sins? I'm not overstating. If they can say this, if they can say, you can't have Christian counseling because it doesn't work. Are you sure? Yes, we've decided it doesn't work. The state speaking. If they can do that, and they are, what can they say about our claims that if you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, he will forgive your sins, and you will go to heaven? How how can we prove there's a heaven by the Bible? Well, we don't believe the Bible. I mean, see where this can go? No wonder some pastors are more and more silent. I mean, I understand. I profoundly disagree but understand why they are, it's so much easier. Does Christ really forgive sins? This man who lived a long time ago in Nazareth? How can you claim that, Gary or whomever, that he forgives sins? Prove it. No, we have to have laws because that's misleading. Young minds will accept this Christianity thing and all of I mean, see where it goes? In fact, we could be challenged on sin itself. What is the basis? How do you know something is sin? Well, because the Bible said, but we don't, the Bible is historical book at best. If they can mock Sunday school from the judge's bench, and this guy did, this gold guy, what can they do next? All in the name of progress. What about other qualified medical groups that claim that LGBTQ indoctrination of these same children is very harmful and transitioning can be very destructive? They ignore it. They don't want another opinion. They want to go by their science. This in Washington State, I just shared that the situation in Alabama. We're going to be seeing this crop up more and more because people know that the power of the gospel changes lives. And the power of biblical understanding and biblical counseling changes lives. They don't want these kids' lives to be changed away from what they've been indoctrinated to believe under the guise of education. That's the problem. The National Review published a tremendous article in May. I don't have time to review it here, but I included it in an article that I wrote today it's posted on our website, faithandfreedomandfreedom.us. And I included their article. It was titled, the Danger, of so- the Danger of Social Transitioning. They said each of three stages of gender affirmation therapy, social, medical, and surgical, leads to the next one. I mean, they're set up to do that, to, to guide a child to the, you know, the desired outcome. And it, it, as I said, it's well-documented article as well. But the American College of Pediatricians, they've published considerable information on this. They say, and I'm quoting them, American College of Pediatricians, 
They say, quote, there is not a single long-term study to demonstrate the safety or efficacy of puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and surgeries for transgender-believing youth. This means that, I'm still quoting them, this means that youth transition is experimental and therefore parents cannot provide informed consent, nor can minors provide assent for for these interventions. Moreover, the best long-term evidence we have among adults shows that medical intervention fails to reduce suicide. In the article, and again, that's linked. It's a pretty extensive article, but it's linked in the article I wrote today. But in that article, they say puberty blockers may cause mental illness, and then there's backup to that. They say puberty blockers may cause permanent physical harm, backup to that from a psychological point of view. Uh, cross-sex hormones, testosterone for testosterone for women, estrogen for men may disrupt mental health. Other health risks are correlated with puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones. Transgender interventions for children are experimental and dangerous. These people are ignored because the what they are saying, this College of Pediatricians, what they're saying doesn't link up with what the left is saying with their agenda, social agenda, for our country and for our kids. The left is hypocritical. There's not a single long-term study to demonstrate the safety or efficacy of what these people are doing to children. And now, if a kid needs counseling, no, if it's Christian. If it's secular and it's affirming that Jimmy may be Susie, oh, that's fine. Yeah, we support that, the state. This is only a sampling of how many medical workers and doctors and writers feel about trans- transitioning. But yet Washington State Legislature, State State Attorney General Ferguson, Governor Inslee, and all the so-called progressive leaders in the state seem to have no hesitation to board this experimental transition train, taking this ride to an unknown destination at the expense of dysphoric children and desperate parents. Yet without any apparent consideration or hesitation, they mock Sunday school, they rip the pages out of the Bible, they toss them in the trash can because they, the Bible doesn't agree with where they want to take this culture. They legally block anyone who finds value, deliverance, healing, restoration through the power of God and through his word. I will stand for that, I will die for that, because that's the truth. Boy, I hope God speaks to more and more people to stand up. And they are. I don't know the Christian therapist, Brian Tingley. He's from Tacoma area. He practices in the area somewhere. But I do believe he's on the right track, and he has an excellent legal representation through the Alliance Defending Freedom. So we'll see where this goes. His lawyer says his client plans to appeal. The government has no business censoring conversations between clients and counselors, he said, frankly. I see this coming before the Supreme Court. That's just my opinion. I mean, I don't know. But when this matter arrives on the doorstep of the Supreme Court, (laughs) I'm not a betting man, but if I were, I would bet you that this leftist progressive attempt at religious censorship is going to not find a welcoming at the Supreme Court. I hope and pray that is true. In the meantime, let's be... Let's be informed, not misled. Let's be engaged, 
not in hiding. The Lord needs his people to be doing his work at this time in our culture. I'll see you right here tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.